At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Check it out now. Thursday morning, December 19, 2019, The Meeting the Book Podcast, Megapod. It's Gil Alexander. It is week 16, and we got another esteemed guest. He's back for another appearance this week, second time on the show this year. First, Mike Palm could not make the show today. Mike had a full day of nothing but meetings, so he can't be with us. We are efforting to get his picks, though, by the end of the show. Yes, Todd? That is what we're doing. I texted him. And you texted him, and we need his picks. Okay. Jeff Parles, producer number five from a numbers game on VEASAN, Series XM Channel 204, kind enough to step in in Mike's stead. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Of course, Gil. Uh, I, I will try to get my numbers right before the uh, before I make my picks today. I'll make By the sure way, Jeff this. Parles, i got to tell you something funny about Jeff Parles. Yes. yes. Last week on Sunday, we're watching the games, and he has the over in the Tennessee-Houston game, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's... He's sitting next to me. You know, we all cheer when something happens. And so Tennessee's driving the ball down the field. They're at like the 20. And Tannehill throws No, they're at the five, Todd. They're at the five. Sorry, they're at the five-yard line. And he thinks he's about to get seven points, which would help his over, of course. And and Tannehill throws an interception to some linebacker who's not like the speediest guy of all time. Whitney Merciless. Mm-hmm. Is that who it was? Okay, so Whitney mm-hmm. Merce is running the other way, and and of course um, Jeff is yelling, "Go, go, go!" And remember, it's a long way from the five to the other goal line. That's yes, ninety-five so. yards, right? Oh, thank you. For so that. he's yeah. yelling, "Go!" In the middle of the go, when the guys at about like the forty-five, Jeff's like, "Go, go! We don't care which way we get the points. Go, go, go!" <laughs> it was the funniest thing I ever heard. I was yelling, "Go!" and doing his own color commentary inside the go. It was fantastic. <laughs> He was, explain, was explaining his bet while Merciless was going down the field. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't matter how we get the points. I still have to get over a certain number. <laughs> but, then, but 
continues, Gil. Then he goes right back to the go. Yeah. It's like, go, go. We don't care. We get the points. Go, go, go. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Parlay oh, and uh, Todd Wishnev can be seen in their full glory at the South Point Hotel Casino each and every Sunday in the Wishnev section by the door. By the way, if they videoed my reactions watching the Sunday games, it would be literally television gold. Television gold. I don't doubt I don't it. Tell. I don't doubt it. Uh, our guest, who has been waiting patiently listening to this, Mishugas, is back on the show once again. He is a pioneer in the use of predictive algorithms in sports betting. Uh, he is my dear friend, ladies and gentlemen from Dr. Bob Sports. It's Bob Stoll. Hello, Bobby. Hello, Gilly. How's it I'm going, doing man? well. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. You were saying off-air before the show started that your two-year-old is a Petri dish of germs. Is this true? Yeah, that's true. He is in daycare now, and he brings that stuff home to me, and I never get sick, and all of a sudden I'm under the weather and making it tougher to work my 16 hours a day. So um, I'm doing my best. Well, tell him to stop being so selfish. Yeah, he's cute as heck, though. So he gets, he, he, we'll keep him alive. Well, I miss you guys. He gets along with his little sister. I've yet to meet his little sister, so hopefully one day soon. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Come on it. out. Come, There's a room for you. Come on out to Colorado. I appreciate it. Okay, let's do this. Usually we start with the Circus Sports Million update, but since Mikey's not here, we go right into the best bets. So it's best bets, teaser of the week, and then, of course, the final two questions. Oh, because there's no Thursday games to talk about. You're right. That is correct. Thank you, Toddy. Uh, There are three Saturday games, though. There are three Saturday games, uh, but those we'll just throw into the general pool of games. Houston at Tampa, Buffalo at New England, and the Rams at San Francisco. Bob, you are the guest your first best bet, sir, side or total. Where are you going? Well, I am going to go with the New York Jets. Ooh. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, you know, the thing is, the Jets are underrated now on both sides of the ball. You know, first of all, they had a few games this season, three games, I believe, in which the offense did not have Darnold, and they averaged about three yards per play. And I still think the Jets are a little underrated offensively because of that. Also, in the last two weeks now, everybody thinks, oh, the Jets have given up. They're terrible. Yeah, but they had three starters out in the secondary each of the last two weeks. Everyone's back this week, including all-pro uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, they allowed two, 8.8 yards per pass play in those, in those last two weeks. But in the first 13 weeks of the season, the Jets only allowed 6.2 yards per pass play, which is better than average. Uh, they match up pretty well here, I think. Uh, you know, the, the Pittsburgh's best receiver is, is, is Juju Smith-Schuster who runs most of his uh, routes from the slot. And the Jets have one of the best nickel slot cornerbacks in the, in the league in Brian Poole. He ranks second in the league uh, in, in yards per cover snap allowed in the slot. So it's a really good matchup for the Jets having their best cover corner against Pittsburgh's best receiver. Um, so I think the defense will do a good job here. Also, the Jets rank ninth in the league in, in our run defense metrics. Um, which, you know, more success rates and stuff like that. So I don't think Pittsburgh is going to do a lot on the ground. And that just leaves, you know, Duck Hodges, you know, doing it on his own basically without, you know, having his best receiver open as much as usual and without a running game. Uh, so I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle offensively as far as the other side of the ball. Um, you know, Darnold has had trouble versus the blitz in his career, and Pittsburgh blitzes a lot. They're seventh in the league in blitz rate, so that could be a problem. But then again, it also leads to more checkdowns and getting the ball out to your running back. And that actually helps the Jets here, as Le'Veon Bell is a good receiver out of the backfield. I'm sure he'd love to to have a great performance against his former team. 
and he's matched up in this particular matchup. He's matched up against one of the worst covering linebackers in the league. Mark Barron is the second worst in the league amongst qualifying linebackers in yards per cover snap allowed. So Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good matchup, and the blitzing may backfire because he may get more balls out to Bell out of the backfield. Uh, and also blitzing tends to lead to quicker passes to slot receivers, and Jamison Crowder happens to be Darnold's favorite receiver, and he runs most of his routes out of the slot. And still is nickelback. Mike Hilton is fourth worst in the league in yards per cover snap allowed in the slot. So there's some good matchups here for the Jets offense. Um, and, I, and so I think they'll be able to move the ball relatively well. Um, and the Jets are tough at home. I mean, Darnold's played much better at home in his career. And in the game that Darnold has played this year at home, the Jets are four and two straight up. One of the losses was by one point to Buffalo. They've had wins over Dallas and Oakland and the Giants, all as underdogs. Um, and the only, the only game they've lost at home by more than one point with Darnold at quarterback was to New England, which, you know, that's going to happen. So I, 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 like the, uh, I, like the, I like the Jets plus the point. I like the Jets straight up, to be honest. Wow. Uh, what, what do we do? We sprinkle something? We sprinkle on the money we... line, Bob. You know how this works. <laughs> sprinkle me, my Sprinkle me, my Sprinkle me, my Sprinkle me, my Is that what we used to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and, you know, it should so, be mentioned that uh, the Jets against the Ravens on Thursday night, by the way, very thorough analysis, Bob, as we know and expect from you, as always, you always come through. The Jets should have been pretty much tied with the Ravens at halftime this past Thursday night. Jets on extra rest here. Uh, but, you know, they did Jets things. Uh, couldn't convert a fourth and one, missed a field goal. There were some other things that they did uh, in that game that just shot themselves in the foot. Should have been much more competitive. You like the Jets? You're sprinkling on the money line. By the way, Steelers, they're in the sixth position right now currently in the AFC, but really no room for error. Uh, currently hold the tiebreaker over the Titans because of one of... Uh, excuse me, because of one fewer conference loss, but two games left, so that doesn't mean anything because the playoffs don't start right now. But, Bob, you always have a statement when a team's in a must-win situation. Well, if they were good enough to win when they wanted to win, they wouldn't be in a must-win situation, Bill. That's right. And here's, and here's a stat. Here's a stat, and I was going to throw this out at some point. Might as well do it here. This is not an absolute must-win for Pittsburgh. Correct. Because they can lose and still be in, in the playoffs. But I do have an angle that, but it's sort of the same concept applies, that Pittsburgh's getting money because they're in the must-win and people are looking for excuses to bet a game. Well, Pittsburgh needs to win, so I'm going to bet on them because they need to win. Like I said, needing to win doesn't mean you're going to win. Um, but anyway, teams that absolutely need to win or else they're eliminated from the playoffs, when facing teams that are out of playoff contention, the must-win teams – are 62 and 100 against the spread over the years wow. against teams that are out of the playoffs. This so is what I said over... the other day. Oh, sorry, Bob. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. People overreact to this must win. They're grasping for some reason to bet a game and must win is a, it seems like a good reason. And, and it just, it just doesn't work. And, and there's usually value playing against these must win teams uh, in the 15, in week 15 and six in week 16 and 17 is when that angle applies. Um, and so it doesn't officially apply here because Pittsburgh can still lose and still make the playoffs. But in, in concept, it sort of does apply here because I think we're getting line value on the Jets because Pittsburgh's in a must win and 
people are betting Pittsburgh because of it. It's all my years spent with you, Bob. I knew to bring this up because, again, if, if you're in a must-win situation, you must not be that good. 62-100 and 100 against <laughs> the spread uh, in an absolute must-win situation. As Bob has pointed out, this does not exactly qualify because there is a scenario where Pittsburgh could lose and still get in. But these do apply in many situations. Week 16 and particularly Week 17 will have these. Um, yeah, just keep yeah, that in I, mind. Oakland, yeah, Oakland this week. Oakland, obviously, you know, they're still hanging on. They, <laughs> but nonetheless, they already must win against the Chargers, who are out. Uh, I believe Indy, in, uh, well, Indy lost, so they're out. Yeah, Cleveland. Uh, I, I believe. Yeah, Cleveland might be the other one. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute, let's see. Who did or, or did Indy, or yeah, I think Cleveland's the other one. Baltimore's in the playoffs. Baltimore's not out of the playoffs. Oh, right, right, right. The other the other side doesn't apply. That's correct. Right. It has to be again. So Oakland, I think, is the only one this week. Okay. But right. I haven't dug into all of it. But next week, there should be a bunch. Todd, you were saying that you had brought this up on a numbers game yesterday, too, right? Not yes, even knowing on, that. On, on a numbers game on, on VEASAN, uh, it's a uh, the sports betting network. Um, <laughs> that network, um, I was talking about this yesterday, I always think the must-win thing is overblown, and now Bob comes and throws some stats on top of it telling you they're 61 and 100, so I am vindicated. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> no problem. And I've been tracking this by hand. I, you know, this, this, It's really hard to look this up. I've been tracking this by hand. Just years ago, I just noticed it years ago. Yeah. Me and, too, Bob. Uh, you know, and I and I just tracked it by hand. I've probably tracked this for, for 20 years now. Um, I haven't so, tracked yeah. it, but I used to notice it all the time because these idiots would get on the TV and be like, well, this team needs to win. The other thing is, it's a football game. Is the guy, the defensive back, not going to run as hard because he doesn't need it for the playoffs? Maybe. They're professionals, yeah. too. Yeah, maybe. They, yeah, they, I agree. They, and they, there's pride. And then people, people, you know, team players want to win. That's why I said when, when everybody was talking about Miami tanking, I was like, no, players don't tank. Organizations tank. Players want to play well. Players want to win. You know, and then Miami started winning some games. Yeah, exactly. Same thing here. You guys should just hug it out. That was beautiful. (laughs) Todd? I love you, Todd. Love you. (laughs) Todd, I mean, Dr. Bob knows his stuff. As I've told you before, we have similar systems. He uses a model. I use the goulash model. (laughs) The goulash model. That's right. Uh, But you're right also, Bob, the one quirk about that, what you're saying is there's no database that's going to be able to pick up teams that absolutely need to win versus teams that don't because they're so specific, right? Like, yeah, because like we said about Pittsburgh, they kind of do need to win, but it's not absolute. So it's a very specific, uh, a specific. Uh, one that reminds me of this exactly, Gil, is when they go, "It's very tough to beat a team three times in one year," oh, yeah. You know, yeah, which is ridiculous, ridiculous, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. It's another one that's just <laughs> yeah. like a, a cousin of yeah, that. It, we that right. we must win. And, it's bullshit. Come, come, come conference tournament time in college basketball, you know the double revenge team. People love to play the double revenge team in the conference tournament. Well, double revenge, playing double revenge teams will get you to the poorhouse quicker than anything else. Because if they were good, they would have won one of the first two games, right, Bob? They would have got revenge the first time yeah. they had a chance in the second game, and they didn't. Um, yeah, double revenge Double revenge teams in conference tournaments in basketball are, like I think, blind or like 47% against the spread. So, I mean, <laughs> good luck with that. And Bob kills conference week in basketball. That's a bread and butter for him. Todd, what's your first best bet? We'll go to you next. Okay, well, I was, you know, we all know what I usually like to bet here, and that is my best bet. I always take Tampa over, and I like to stick it up the ass of the Sharps. The Sharps, last week, in an unbelievable situation, they kept betting the Tampa Bay over, down, all the way till it got to 45 even at the South Point on Sunday morning. 
And I was like, okay, this is just getting ridiculous. Give me over. And I guess it was because they thought David Blau was the quarterback for Detroit or something. I don't know what they were thinking. But, again, Tampa Bay came in for us. So, you know, Tampa Bay over is fantastic. I, I don't want to go with Tampa Bay over just this second. I'm still mulling it over because all the receivers are hurt now and stuff, and they're playing a more of a quality team. Um, so I'm going to pass on that right at this moment. I'm going to go with your Buffalo Bills plus, what do I get, six or six and a half? You get, let me see here. It's an excellent question, Todd. Uh, you get, because that's going to be one of mine too, You've been, you've been listening. Uh, it's, in the middle. It's, it's right in the middle. It's split. It's, yeah. yeah, it's split. All right. So, so what do I get? Um, it's sixes. There's as many sixes as there are six and a halves. Uh, what should be the ruling book of choice? We've never had this situation come up yet this year. Well, I think it, since it came from six and a half, it was six and a half. Yeah. You know, and he was going over his bets. It probably was six and a half, and it's really split down the middle here. Yeah. So we'll give him six and a half. Is that six what you're and saying? a half minus fifteen? There you go. Six and a half minus fifteen. I will take the Bills plus six and a half. If you notice, I don't do it the way Mike Palm does it, where he uh, takes the the seven. In this situation, he'd be like, "I'll take Buffalo plus seven, and then we have to remind <laughs> him that it's not Buffalo plus seven; it's Buffalo plus six and a half. Okay. Anyways, I'll take the Buffalo Bills, and the reason I'll take the Buffalo Bills is because. The New England Patriots, and here's here's a narrative that you're going to hear a lot late in the season. Well, the Patriots do this all the time, and then, of course, it comes playoff time, and they turn it on, and Belichick wins the Super Bowl. Yes, that is the narrative, but, folks, it doesn't usually work in this pattern. The pattern usually is the Patriots suck early, and then Belichick cleans it up, coaches them up, and by the end of the year, they win the Super Bowl. Not happening this year. They are not a talented football team at the wideout position. There's no one for Tommy Terrific to throw the ball to who is open. In the first game between these teams, New England had to hold on with all their dear life to barely squeak out a 16-10 to 10 win. They had to hold the Bills at the three-yard line. The Bills played them straight up nice and tight. The Bills' defense is outstanding. It's definitely in the top five or six in the league. The Patriots have no one to throw the ball to. And Joshua Allen can run the football when all else fall, fails through. Now, granted, the Bills' offense isn't good. I'm not here telling you the Bills' offense is good. But it's good enough to stay within six and a half against a team that is offensively challenged as the Patriots are this year. They will not win the Super Bowl this year. You heard it here first. Thank you. <laughs> I, think we, I think we might have heard it before elsewhere, too. Um, yeah, let me, yeah, I'm going to jump in, Jeff, uh, because I, too, on Guessing Lines on Monday with Chris Andrews, this was the first game I immediately gravitated towards. I guessed that New England would be a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Instead, it was six-and-a-half. I'm on Buffalo, too. Buffalo clinched a playoff berth with that win against the Steelers on Sunday night. New England clinched a playoff berth for the 11th straight season, which extends an NFL record against Cincinnati. Patriots win the AFC East for the 11th straight season also, by the way. With a win in either of their final two games, Bills would have to win out. Patriots would have to lose out for the Bills to win the AFC East. But all the reasons that Todd stated, uh, this is too many points. The New England defense, I get it, they're great, and the Buffalo offense, not that great. But the other side of the ball, you can say the exact same thing. The Buffalo defense versus the New England offense. You're giving me six and a half points here? Does not make any sense to me. I am reminded, since Bob is on the phone with us here, Bob once had a football guy, I won't mention any names, and Bob, you'll remember who I'm talking about, who his numbers always showed value 
against the New England Patriots. And the Patriots, in the heyday of Belichick, would constantly destroy anybody who felt that way from week to week. And you just had to throw out the numbers when it came to the Patriots, because they were a different animal. I'm with you, though, Todd. I think this is a different Patriots animal than those Patriots teams. So give me the six and a half points. I'll take the Buffalo Bills. Bob, you remember the episode I was talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, my, they, they, for years, they outplayed the Patriots outplayed my, my math model by two and a half to three points every yeah. single year. So I would just I would just add two and a half points. <laughs> to, you know, to New England every week, and yeah. just, all right, well, and that would take that would keep me off of them most of the time. Um, well, that's so why I, you have to you have to go to the goulash model system, where you take <laughs> you take your model, then you throw in the goulash of what you've seen, and you get yourself a mixture of a nice goulash of a system. Very interesting. Very interesting. Jeff, sorry, we'll get to you sooner next round. But what's your first best bet? You know, Gil. I'm going with what you and Todd just said. Wow. We have each have the best bet of the week is the Buffalo Bills plus six and a half. Look, I, I think uh, everyone has said said it the right way here. Uh, the Bills' defense is phenomenal. New England's offense isn't very good. New England's defense is phenomenal. Buffalo's offense is, is erratic. We'll put it that way since uh, Josh Allen might be the most erratic quarterback in the NFL. You could get a great Josh Allen game, and Buffalo actually wins this game outright. Or you can get bad Josh Allen, and Buffalo's defense is going to have to hold New England's offense down to really stay in the game. But I, I don't know how New England's scoring in this game. The last time they scored 16 points, and, si and, and, and a touchdown of that 16 was a blocked punt. So uh, the Bills should be able to keep this thing tight. Uh, I'm with you and Todd. I'm going Buffalo <laughs> plus 6.5, uh, which, uh, which means with uh, all three of us having that as our best bets, Look out, everyone. Yeah, New England by yeah, 20. Go the other way. Yeah, that's right. I'm fine, New England. That didn't work out. That happened to us last week. We all had Miami, right? And that did not work out nicely at all. I think it'll be a different result with Buffalo this week. I really do. Bob, pick number two, sir. Well, I am going to play a total. I'm going to play Denver and Detroit under. Ooh. Under 38, I believe it is right now. Uh, yeah, about right. 38. Okay. We'll give you the 38. Under 38. Yep. Yep. There's a couple places at 37 and a half, but mostly 38. Um, yeah, it's a situation where well, both offensive lines are banged up, first off. Uh, David Blau, um, you might remember, he came out on fire in his first game on Thanksgiving through a couple touchdowns in the first quarter. Since then, not so much. He's, he's down to 5.2 yards per pass play um, through his three starts. And this is a, this is a, a tough situation. He's down two key receivers um, with Marvin Jones. You know, maybe you know, historically been one of the better wide receivers on. You know, maybe Galladay is the best wide receiver now, but Jones is a solid uh, receiver, and the and the rookie tight end Hawkinson's out also. So that leaves him with Galladay and Amendola. Well, Galladay fine because Chris Harris is on 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 the other side, so Chris Harris doesn't have to worry about two great wide receivers. He can just shadow Galladay around and 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 limit limit him. And then you've got Amendola in the slot, and that. <laughs> Slot receivers have a really tough time against Vic Fangio's defenses. Last year when he was with the Bears, they were one of the best in the league uh, uh, covering uh, slot receivers. And this year, same thing with the Broncos, one of the best in the league in, in limiting slot receivers. So I think Amendola is probably going to struggle against this defense. <clears throat> and Galladay is going to be shadowed by Harris, who's an all-pro who's done great against other, key, uh, other uh, number one receivers uh, for years. So I, just, I think Blau's going to have a tough time finding open receivers uh, in this game. Um, so that's one problem. Also, the, the offensive line, like I said, is banged up. 
the left guard, Joe Dahl's had a great season. He's fifth in the league in pass block win rate. He's now on injury reserve. The backup's also injured and out for the season. Um, so I think Shelby Harris, uh, Denver's interior defensive lineman, should be able to supply some pressure up the middle. And then you've got Von Miller coming from the outside against, you know, a, you know, below average right tackle uh, for um, for Detroit, Rick Wagner, who's terrible, and he's also nursing a knee injury. So I think Denver's going to have guys in the backfield up the middle, around the edge, and you know, and 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 Blau's not going to have his receivers open like he normally would. Um, so I think they're going to struggle offensively. And then Denver, you got Drew Locke. His, his stats overall look pretty darn good. He's at 61% completions, six and a half yards per pass play. But all of that was in one game against Houston. He had a magical, ridiculous game in one game. Um, but he, he only averaged 4.8 yards per pass play against the Chargers. And last week, he averaged 4.7 yards per pass play against the Chiefs. And in general, rookie quarterbacks, their first two or three starts, tend to play relatively better than they will going forward. And once the league has some tape on them, then they get start to get shut down. And that, that might have started last week with, with the Chiefs really locking down on lock, as, as, as I as I just said. Um, so I, I think Locke's going to struggle as well. I just don't see, I mean, Cortland Sutton's the best wide receiver, obviously, and uh, Detroit's got a Pro Bowl cornerback as well, Darius Slay. So that's going to be a neutral thing. And I think the only option he's going to be going to have is Noah Fant, who's had, has been great as a rookie at, at the tight end position. The Lions don't defend tight ends well. So if you're in fantasy, pick up Noah Fant this week because I think he's going to have a big game because I think yeah, I think Sutton's going to be shut down and Fant's going to be open most of the time. But that's one option and he's going to have pressure in his face most of the day. So I think it's both teams are going to struggle offensively, and I come up with 34.8 points based on the uh, based on the math model. Even with uh, Denver's um, safety, Cream Jackson out, I still like 34.8 points as a predicted total. So I'm going under. Going under 34.8. Your projection 38 is the number you get it at. Yeah, people are in their fantasy uh, Super Bowls. People still playing DFS. Uh, Detroit's owner. Uh, we were talking about this on a numbers game this morning. Martha Firestone Ford. Uh, she said uh, they're keeping Matt Patricia next year. And uh, her quote was, we expect to win. Those are our expectations. <laughs> Which I was telling Jeff this morning is the equivalent of me saying, I like candy. Those are my likes. So uh, interesting sentence construction. But they're going with Matt Patricia. Seven-game losing streak for Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. They've lost 10 of 11. They started the year 2-0-1. Matt Patricia earning apparently another year, or at least the start of another year, with the Detroit Lions. Todd, your second pick. Well, I expect to win, like a famous uh, tire and car manufacturing magnates. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will take um, – is Arizona getting 10? Is that what you're, you're seeing out there? Arizona is not getting 10. They're getting nine, nine and, and, a and a half. Nine and a half. Interesting. Okay. Um, you know what? Screw it. Give me Arizona anyways. Arizona. <laughs> I like the discipline, Todd. I love the discipline. <laughs> yeah, love it. I'm showing tremendous discipline here, folks, and in, in, in buying off of a key number. In fact, I'm getting I'm getting what we call chinsed off a key chinsed number. Chinsed off a key number. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I'll get chinsed off the key number just because you know I love I love this Kyler Murray kid. I really do. I I, I was a big skeptic uh, at first. I thought he was going to be a bust, too short. Uh, maybe he was just overrated because Oklahoma has so much talent that, you know, he could just throw with impunity. You know what? I'm a believer now. This kid is good. He may be, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson light, 
but he can definitely do things with his legs and he can throw the football. And I think he's a pretty he's a much more cerebral quarterback, I think, than people are giving him credit for. And um, you know, I just been impressed with him all the way around. Uh they had a real nice win against uh Cleveland last week. Um I think that Seattle whooped them up real bad the first game, and that's one thing that does concern me a little bit. But since then, I think you know this Arizona team is getting more and more familiar with the uh, Klingsbury offense, and and uh, you know they've just become, a, in my opinion, they've they've improved a lot as the year has gone by. They played San Francisco um, real tight in that game despite the fact that Fatso threw the ball in the end zone and it looked like a 10-point game. Uh, but I think Arizona is much better. And Seattle, you know, Seattle's a good team, but there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors in the Seattle stuff. I feel like Seattle is a, is a good team. I don't know if they're a very good team. And I think they're being considered a very good team here as opposed to just a good team. Um, nine and a half points is not as many as ten. Uh, my math model says nine and a half is a little less than 10, but nonetheless, I'll be undisciplined here and take Kyler Murray. I think my, I think my favorite part of that, uh, analysis was when you said the Clingsbury offense, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Cliff Clingsbury, um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, of course. What did I call him? Clingsbury. Clingsbury. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, Todd, I, I'm, I just would like to call a little bullshit here. Here's what I think is happening. You are clinging to, what, a one-game lead over me in our full-season ATS standings? Is that the correct lead you I have? I believe uh, correct standings are Gilly Ice, 1925 and 1. Uh-huh. Todd Champ, 2024 and 1. So one-game lead. You have a one-game lead. We're, neither one of us are killing it, let's be clear. But you have a one-game lead over me. Todd has managed to mimic my first two picks that I made on Guessing Lines. I, t- I, didn't, even, I didn't even hear Guessing Lines uh-huh, this week. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you're doing. You're playing out the string. Arizona is uh, my second pick, so I'm going to step in. and. By the way, if I were you, I'd be very careful because I really didn't listen to it, and the fact that we're both coming on the same things without hearing each other is a bad sign. Yes, yes. <laughs> Worse for me than for you, I have a feeling, Toddy. Uh, nine and a half is what I'm uh, taking on the Cardinals. For all the reasons Todd stated, I don't want to belabor it. Uh, I'm with you on Seattle. Look, a lot of these teams in the NFC, this is a really aberrational year. Four teams are 11-3 and three in the NFC, and, an, and a fifth team, Minnesota, could, make this, could be in the playoffs as a sixth seed at 12-4 and four if they win out. And then, of course, there's the NFC East leader. But, like, I don't think... Green Bay's any is is that great at eleven and three? Seattle and I love Russell Wilson. I don't think they're that great. I mean that honestly, I get the Lamar Jackson MVP thing, but Russell Wilson every year does it with nothing. By the way, that's why I love when people are killing Tom Brady or or making excuses for Tom Brady this year. Oh well, he doesn't have any wide receivers. He doesn't have any offensive line. Russell Wilson never has that any year. But I like Arizona. Kyler Murray is really scary to bet against. And nine and a half is a lot here. And it's also one of those scenarios that Todd likes to point out with, you know, hey, even if Seattle goes up, the back door should be wide open as well. So Arizona for me, plus nine and a half. Or excuse me, yes, plus nine and a half. Jeff, number two. Let's go to Monday night. I'm going to take the Packers getting five and a half from Minnesota. Dalvin Cook's regular season seems to be over as that shoulder injury finally caught up to him in Los Angeles. It doesn't look like Madison's status is great either. It looks like Mike Boone is going to get the bulk load of the carries for Minnesota. And that uh, that frightens me because Cook is so electric. And Madison has shown the ability 
to actually fill in uh, very well when he's been called upon this year. And uh, it's still Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, in a game where, yeah, Minnesota's going to have the playoffs locked up. It's very, it's it's basically impossible for them to hop Green Bay, even with a win, because the Packers would have to throw a game to the terrible Lions the following week. But at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big game again. It, it, we're waiting. It has been a, it has been stagnant for Rodgers for a few weeks going now. And I know Minnesota should have won the first meeting, even though they fell down three touchdowns to Green Bay and Lambeau all the way back in week two. But I, I, I like Green Bay in this spot, getting five and a half points. This feels like a field goal game in the end. And I wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay wins the game outright. So I'll take the Packers plus the five and a half. Uh, I, I, um, it's solely on the quarterbacks, even though I know Cousins statistically has been every bit as good or even better than Rodgers since uh, the early season struggles for Cousins. But I'm going Green Bay plus the five and a half Monday night. Are we sprinkling on the money line as well, Jeff? I, I think we very well may when this is all said and done, Gil. I want to see if this thing gets uh, gets even further up as we go along. I'm going to need a yes or no on that. We'll go yes. Sprinkle. <laughs> Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best bet. I'm going to need an answer. <laughs> I'm going to need an answer. Best bet number three, Bob. What do you got? I don't really have one, but I'm going to give you one anyway. I was just looking over all these games like, oh, see, maybe, yeah, you know. Uh, the first two I really like, but this one I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go completely contrary here. And normally my analysis is very, uh, I, I, I think it's, um, you know, leads you in the direction that I'm going most of the time. And I have really good facts to back up my pick. And this one, I have none. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Um, they're without Mike Evans. They're without Chris Godwin. Didn't matter last week. James Winston is, is, is making everyone look good at the wide receiver position. If he doesn't throw interceptions, they're a dangerous team. Of course, he's probably going to throw one or two interceptions. But even with that being cooked into the model, I still think this line is a little too high. And Houston coming off the big win last week as an underdog in a division game. It's a little bit of a letdown spot going on the road against a team that they may not respect. And, you know, more contrary stuff. Texans, Will Fuller's back on the field. They're looking good. There's no real reason from a fundamental standpoint here to take Tampa Bay. Yet my model likes Tampa Bay, even with all the injury adjustments. And, uh, you know, a bunch of contrary situations that I follow that also favor Tampa Bay. So I'm probably not going to make this the best bet for my clients, but uh, I like Tampa Bay um, uh, as as the third best bet here on the show. Let me let me just explain to you what happened. That was the Doctor Bob football picks equivalent of Bob streaking through a mall. Like that is as <laughs> naked as he gets with a pick without any sort of real basis. No, nothing to back it up. Yeah, nothing to back nothing it up. Nothing to back it up. Not even underwear. Todd, what do you got? My model. My model likes it. I'm like, really? Really? Let's adjust for Wolf. Okay, let's adjust for that. Let's adjust down for this. Let's adjust for that. My model still likes Tampa. I'm like, okay. Do I trust it? Nah, I guess my model's been good. I've got to trust it. So I'm taking Tampa. Jameis Winston, first quarterback in the history of the NFL, two straight weeks, over 450 yards passing. Jameis, Tampa Bay, I, we were talking with Lombardi. I was talking with Lombardi this week on a numbers game at VEASAN about how Tampa now is in this situation with Jameis. Like, now what do you do? Do you keep him? Do you sign him to this massive contract? Do you draft somebody? Is the person you draft going to be better than Jameis? Like, what do you do? They're in that Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, no man's land of, oh, God, do we push all our chips in the middle of the table or... 
do we cut ties? What the heck do we do with this guy? Yeah, you know what, Gil? You're better off with a guy that throws that many interceptions been so inconsistent. You can't pay him huge, huge salary because then you're just going to make the rest of the team worse. I think you're better off getting a, a journeyman quarterback for a low salary and spending money on the rest of the team. That's more efficient way of making your team better than paying a mediocre to possibly you know better than average quarterback a ton of money and then not having money to to build around him. So no doubt, that's you my know. Two cents. But I say that about I said that about Kirk Cousins and about Jared Goff, and you know that didn't stop the Vikings and Rams respectively because you only win Super Bowls with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I don't think any of the ones we mentioned are or are going to be. Of course, time will tell. And the only other way is a quarterback on a rookie deal where he overperforms and you can pay everybody else, just like you were talking about, a la Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. So, What about Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer. I was and, just going to say Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson are the last two examples of quarterbacks who buck what I just said. That is now 17 and 19 years ago. So you can what about Trent Dilfer and what about Brad Johnson all you want, but it just doesn't happen anymore. Toddy, number three. I think the the word Bob was looking for when he was talking about how he usually has a lot to back up his pick is he has voluminous data. Voluminous is the uh, word I believe. Oh, but we enough. didn't see. Is Bucks is, is Bucks getting plus three? Um, yes. Gil Bucks on? plus three. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, plus three and extra. Yeah, with limited with smaller juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Okay. So I just wanted to get that down for the, uh, the record there. Okay. So I'm I'm much like Bob. My goulash model does not have anything delicious for the third pick. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the over in the New York Giants against the Washington Clem Haskins uh, <laughs> at 41. And I'll tell you why. Um, 41 is not a big number to me. Uh, I think it's kind of low on the low side for the NFL. I notice when you've got teams in the NFL late in the season that are kind of playing out the string, the the defensive intensity seems to wane a little bit. Um, You know, I think it's probably because defense is much harder to play. You know, of course, you see that late in games when games are decided. A lot of times you get touchdowns just because, you know, they don't care whether to give them the backdoor touchdown. They feel there's a little less intensity in games that are, you know, between absolute, you know, also rans. So that's one thing going for me. The other thing is, uh, Clem Haskins has started to move the ball a little bit more than than he did early on, and um, he's been halfway decent. I call him Clem. I know that's not his real name, but um, oh, Clem you? has not as bad as as you know early. And Giants defense has never impressed me. I think they're just absolutely putrid. So I don't see why at home Clem can't get you some points. And for the Giants, they're going against the Redskins defense. It's halfway okay, but sometimes the Giants can score like they did against the mediocre Miami defense uh, last week. So, uh, you know, 41, it's not that high a number. Yeah, give me a number. If you ever have a, a child, a son, I demand that you name him Clem. Clem Wishnev. <laughs> I think what we'll name is probably Clem Shlomo Wishnev. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> that works. Todd, of course, referring to Dwayne Haskins, but he uh, likes to call... Dwayne Haskins, Clem Haskins, former Washington Bullet and Minnesota Golden Gophers head coach. You know that game is very important. Do you know that why that game is very important, Todd Wishnow? Giants Redskins? Um, no, Tom. It is the Chase Young Bowl. 
Now, I know that the Dolphins will have something to say about this as well. But currently, you got those three teams at 3-11. and 11. Bengals going to draft first. Bengals are going to probably pick Joe Burrow, Ohio kid. After all, they benched Andy Dalton just to see what they had behind him all year. This is for Chase Young to me. Whoever loses this game is in a better position than the winner. And Chase Young might be the only sure thing in this coming NFL draft. So big game uh, with that implication. But Todd is going over 41 Giants Redskins. Jeffrey. Wait, wait. Bob was going to say something. Bob was going to say something to back me up. Please. Yeah, can I? Well, I'm not sure. I, so I have a database, and as you were talking about this, and two bad teams, I was like, ah, huh, that's interesting. I, I, I'm going to look this up. So I, I set the parameters. I decided, what are bad teams? Less than, less than a 400 win percentage at this point in the season? Would that be considered that's, bad? That's, so that's what I put in. I put both teams less than 400 win percentage, so less than 6-9. and nine. So and I did final two weeks of the season, week, week 16 and 17, and I decided to look that up. And as it turns out, two interesting trends reveal themselves. So mm. I just randomly put this in. Two, two sub-400 teams in the final two weeks of the season since 1986. The home team in such games is 49-19 and 19 against the spread. Wow. Go figure. So maybe it's the road team that doesn't care. <laughs> and the, home, the bad home team maybe is like, ah, well, we have the home fans here to cheer us on. And the road team's like, let's just play out the string and get out of here anyway. But also, I was looking at the total because that's what you're interested in. These games are also forty-seven and twenty-one under. Ooh, really? So it sort of sort of bucks your <laughs> bucks your your it story, totally but it doesn't sort um, of. It totally bucks me. Yeah. So there you have it. Two sub four hundred teams in the final two weeks of the season. The home team is forty-nine nineteen and two against the spread, and the under is forty-seven twenty-one and two. Wow, those are and random and pretty pretty uh Brand? yeah yeah I just, I just plugged it in just out of out of curiosity and boom it's there's no back fitting in that that is just plug it in and that's what you get so interesting so i guess in that case you maybe you do the giants team total under i, I don't know when you combine those two things i guess that's what you get the road road team not scoring a lot um but nonetheless i just thought i'd throw that in because i do have the power of the database here on behalf of redskins fans everywhere let's hope that that uh, home team thing doesn't happen Give me Chase Young. Jeff, what's number three? I'm going to go over in Baltimore and Cleveland at 49. The first time these teams met, Cleveland scored 40 on Baltimore. I know that feels like it was about 45 years ago, not just week four of this year. Uh, Look, Baltimore's offense is completely different than what it was uh, back in week four. Jackson, obviously, after the first four weeks of the year where he struggled, especially weeks two, three, and four after – a ridiculous game against the uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, freshman team week one. But uh, look, I could, Baltimore's coming off a, a weird performance where they had the worst special teams game of the entire NFL season by DVOA. Uh, Aaron Schatz and company uh, that tweeted that out earlier in the week. It actually dropped Baltimore's special teams ranking all the way to number 12, which is amazing uh, for just one game out of the top five. But this feels like a Baltimore... Baltimore is going to be able to name their score. Cleveland, I think, is going to be – Cleveland's going to score a little bit in this game offensively. Uh, I'm going to go over to 49. Uh, This feels like – it's something like we saw on Thursday night with Jets in Baltimore, like 42-21, 42-28, and and I'll go over to 49 uh, in Cleveland. I see 49 and a half. How about – can I interest you in 49 and a half, Jeff, over that? Oh, I, 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 I pulled the Mike Palm. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, yes, I'll go over 49 and a half. I, I like that, too. I, I, 
I, I, I, this feels like Baltimore is going to score in the 40s and Cleveland's going to score. I just don't want to lay 10 with a, with a road team in the NFL. Yeah, the 49 and a half is good with me, Gil. Uh, about those Baltimore special teams, that was part of the problem against the Jets, too. They gave up all kinds of kick and punt returns. They, they had a uh, punt blocked, if I'm not mistaken. Am I thinking about the right game? Um, yes, a punt block for a touchdown. Yeah, so, you know, that was a big deal Thursday night, too, where, you know, here they are crushing teams, and yet their special teams are abysmal at times. Um, my final pick is going to be something also with thin analysis, just to keep with the theme of our final picks here in Week 16, Slim Pickens. But it's the de facto NFC East Championship, and I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys are now just giving one and a half. Now, the reason, part of the reason for this drop, although it did open at one, then it ticked upwards, and then it's back down to one and a half. Dak Prescott limited in practice yesterday, so there was some controversy as to, you know, the extent of Dak's injuries. Jason Garrett says he's not doing whatever he wants to do at this point, but I don't think anybody really thinks Cooper Rush is going to show up for this game. Uh, Cowboys win. They're in the playoffs. They win the NFC East. Eagles win. They still need to win their final game in Week 17. This is nothing more for me than sheer talent versus talent. Philly is a bare-bones, skeletal version of the Philadelphia Eagles with players like Ward and Boston names that no one had really counted on uh, as recently as two, three weeks ago participating. And then you've got the Dallas Cowboys, who have all the talent in the world, and really, and this is a big if, if only Jason Garrett and uh, Kellen Moore would get their acts together and actually coach them up, uh, I think they're clearly the better football team I think if the Cowboys are ever going to show themselves, it's in a game like this. There's no excuse for them to lose a football game like this. It is in Philly. It's going to be a tough atmosphere. But I think the Cowboys punch them in the mouth. They could win this quite handily. Give me the Cowboys giving the point and a half against the Eagles. Both teams 7-7. Seven and seven. And again, Cowboys win their in. Eagles win. they got to win Week 17. So Cowboys are my final pick. Before, before we do the, uh, the teasers, um, Mike just texted me his pick, so you Please. want me to tell him real quick, Gil? Yeah. We've got real bad news here because he likes the Bills plus six and a half as well. Oh, no. Uh-oh. So that's a guaranteed loser. Um, Broncos, uh, he likes the Broncos. What are the Broncos? Minus what? Seven. Uh, minus right? seven, yeah. Okay, minus seven. I'm sure he'd like it at six and a half. And uh, the Chiefs, he likes at uh, what are six. they? Minus Okay, the Chiefs at minus six. At Chicago. And then his uh, teaser, he said, is the Eagles, which would be the Eagles at plus uh, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Eagles plus seven and a half. And he wants to take also the, what's the other side of the teaser here? The other side of the teaser is Eagles and Jets, which would be Jets plus nine, right? Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Just nine is his teaser. Stanford Wong-esque teasers we know how those have gone this year support for today's beating the book podcast comes as always from our friends at bookmaker.eu i have been saying it all season long i will continue to say it that bookmaker.eu is an industry leader for close to 30 years you should know that by now pro players consider them a must because they're first to post odds they take the highest limits and most importantly pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player that is huge in this day and age bookmakers a high volume sports book best suited for not only the sophisticated player who understands sports betting, but also to large recreational players as well. And their motto is where the lines originate because chances are the sportsbook at which you've been betting all along follows their lines. 
And right now, if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L, you can claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. Once again, that's bookmaker.eu slash gill, G-I-L-L, to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300 right now. Don't miss out. All right, Bob, what's your two-team six-pointer of the week? I'm going to go with Tennessee, and I'm going to go with the Giants. Even though I just found that trend, <laughs> that goes against the Giants. I think I'll still, I think I'll still go with the Giants getting eight and a half. I think both are getting eight and a half. Is that sound about right? Yep. Tennessee and the Giants. Giants will get eight and a half. Tennessee gets eight and a half. Yes, that is correct yep. for both. Todd teaser. Bob, you got me real nervous now because the part of the the reason I kind of liked that over was because I thought. Clem Haskins would be able to score, and he's the side that I was worried about the scoring. But now you're telling me that that road teams are crappy when they stink on you know late in the season. It's got me a little nervous that old Eli's only going to give us like ten points. So uh, I'm going to stick with my over forty one. But I am much more nervous than I was before. Um, so the teaser I'm going to go with is um, give me the G men as well. Um, I just, you know, can the, can the, can the Redskins win one by more than, than no. eight and a half? I'm no. sure. I don't no. I mean, that's not usually what they do. Uh, so let, let me have the G men plus the eight and a half. And then let me have the, um, I mean, this is not the correct thing to do, but give me the Buffalo bills plus the 12 and a half, because you know what? I just don't see him getting blown out in a low-scoring game. It's amazing. I'm going to step in, Jeff, because we just round-robined the three of us because my teaser was Tennessee and Buffalo. So Bob went Tennessee and the Giants. Todd goes Giants and Buffalo, and I go Tennessee and Buffalo. So we just really round-robined those three teams in, in uh, teasers. What's yours? It's wonderful. I have not none of the teams in mind that have been mentioned so far. Uh, give me the Niners down to, to a half from six and a half. And uh, give me the Denver Broncos minus one. Uh, I'll go with that. Wait, 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 wait. Broncos. Okay. Gil, what is Gil? What is yours? Before we get Jeff's, what was yours? So I can write it down. Mine was Tennessee and Buffalo. Okay, so Bills plus twelve and a half, and Tennessee plus eight and a half. Correct. And Jeff. And Jeff. Jeff's is what? Forty Niners and the Broncos. San Francisco minus a half, and Denver. Uh, he gets it minus one. So De- Niners minus a half and Denver minus one. Yeah. Okay, we got it. Well done, Jeff. Okay, perfect. All right, final two questions, gentlemen. We've asked them for years. First, of all the big favorites on the board, which do you believe is the most likely to lose outright? Now, uh, this is one of these weeks where the pickings, well, no, there's enough, actually. Should we do six or more? Or, well, or yeah, maybe. Seven, seven or more. Oh, I was going to say, if I do seven or more, we got we got four choices. If I drop it down to six and a uh, half, all right. if I drop it down to six and a half, that adds like three more games. Do we vote on six and a half? No, whatever you, you decide. All right, we'll do six. six we'll do six and a half. Make it easier here. Uh, we'll include New England as a six and a half point favorite over Buffalo. San Francisco six and a half point favorite over the Rams. Both of those games are on Saturday. Then on Sunday, Baltimore ten point favorites at Cleveland. Indianapolis, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Carolina. Atlanta, seven-and-a-half-point favorites, call it. Uh, Yeah, barely. Seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, at home against Jacksonville. Chargers, six-and-a-half or seven. I think it's seven now. Consensus, home favorites against Oakland. Denver, seven-point favorites at home against Detroit. Seattle, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against Arizona. 
A lot of choices. Which of those big favorites is the most likely to lose outright, in your opinion, Bob? I think the Colts. I am just not big on the Colts, and I don't mind Greer at quarterback for Carolina. You know, Greer had the the highest catchable long ball rate in college in college football last year. So he was the most accurate long ball thrower, and maybe he catches one of those long, maybe get one of those long balls, get McCaffrey doing his thing, and I don't think the Colts' offense is is, is much to speak of, and. I just think they're most prone to get upset. I like that choice. I loved Will Greer at West Virginia and that Colts performance against the Saints on Monday night. I think I said this on the show the next day. I don't care if you take a Dolphins team, Redskins, Giants, Bengals, pick your horrible team in the NFL, Lions, whatever. That Colts performance against the Saints was maybe the most listless single-game performance I've ever seen this year in the NFL. They were terrible. It's like they didn't get off the plane. Uh, I do not hate that play at all. Todd, same question. I'm a little worried about Will Greer because he reminds me a little bit of Drew Locke. Uh, a lot of arm talent, not exactly cerebrally enhanced. But anyways, hey, he could have a good game, right, Bob? So He might. I'm going to go with the uh, – I think the Anthony Linners could, could lose this week um, only because they're the Anthony Linners. Right. They've got the angelical quarterback. And um, you know him, he loves to, you know, a guy helps him up, and then he still screams in the guy's face. Very spiritual, uh, Phil, very spiritual. So um, I'm really getting sick and tired of his act and the Anthony Lynn act, and why not? They could lose. You know, they're a joke team. I'm just tired of the Chargers, so I could see the Raiders beat him. Jeffrey? I'm going with Jacksonville, and I know I've said on the numbers game, Gil, that, that the Jaguars have given up. But don't underestimate how much all those players hate Tom Coughlin. And Tom Coughlin obviously got canned. Now, of course, he doesn't coach the team. But his ridiculous, old-school, ridiculous cloud has been seeped over that team this whole year. He's gone. Atlanta's been so bizarro this year with winning at San Francisco and winning at New Orleans this year and then stinking the rest of the year. It would make total sense to me if Jacksonville... Uh, somehow pulled one out of their behinds and managed to win that game. So I'll go Jacksonville. What the heck? Wow, I did not see that one coming, especially from you, Jeff, who, who again, had pronounced Jacksonville dead a couple weeks back. But I get the reasoning. I am going with, everybody, the New England Patriots. I am going with the New England Patriots. I know. I know it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, Patriots, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total, 36 and a half. Just by that conflation, that might be the answer. But I really believe that the Patriots are vulnerable here. I don't think Tom Brady is any good anymore. I really don't. Whether that's because of the wide receivers and the offensive line, he's part of it as well. It's probably all three things. I think the Buffalo defense wreaks havoc in this game. I think New England is the answer to that question. Indianapolis would be a close second. But I think New England is, a, uh, is the choice for me which is probably my boldest answer to that question of all time on the Megapod, but I really do think they're the answer, given those choices. Final one. We live in a bizarro world. We are forced to bet 15 of these games on the side, but we're allowed one free pass, one game where on the side you're like, I want no part of that shit whatsoever. Maybe you don't use that word. I don't know. But you get the idea. Bob, what would be the game? I think Cincinnati-Miami. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's probably the easy choice, huh? Pick. I make it. I make it pick. Who knows what the motivation is for either of these teams? Uh, I'd probably stay away from that one. You make it pick, and the market makes it pick. Todd, 
Mm, I'm going to go with um, Carolina Indy. I just don't have a good feel for what is Carolina. You know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Indianapolis, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It's just too much. I, I don't know what's going on. Jeffrey. The Los Angeles Raiders and the San Diego Chargers is the game <laughs> I'm staying away from. No idea what either of those teams can possibly. They're capable of anything in each direction, both teams. So I'll stay away from Raiders Chargers. Todd, since Jeff made the error of calling them the San Diego Chargers, do you have your Chargers song ready to go today? Are you ready? Uh, I've tried to do this many times, but I'll be honest with you. When I do a song, I have to be a tremendously good performance i don't do performances (laughs) i feel that the the san diego charger song if any of you have heard it is a very difficult song to sing it has a lot of funk to it it has funkadelicness so instead of that in lieu of that i will sing uh keep it coming love by casey and the sunshine (laughs) band keep it coming love keep it coming love don't stop it now. Stop. No, no, stop it now. Just a complete random substitution. <laughs> that was outstanding, Todd. You saved yourself. I, by the way, when I was a little boy, Casey and the Sunshine Band was my favorite group of all time. I was mesmerized by, watch, by them. If you want to watch something great, go on YouTube and put in Keep It Coming Love, Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Band. And there is a video of KC looking as coked out as a human being could possibly be. It's phenomenal. Dancing, dancing in green aqua pants that don't fit. Green and aqua. Two, yeah. And two ladies behind him dancing with it. It is just absolutely fantastic. H.W. Casey. When I was a little kid, first of all, no one told me that all these songs were about sex, right? I had no idea. But that's the way. Get down tonight. Boogie shoes. Come on. These songs oh. are amazing. Oh, by the way, um, there's another one where Casey and Sunshine, he's uh, the entire band. It's him and a whole bunch of black guys and girls and one other white guy. And they, they're wearing tuxedos, white tuxedos that are bedazzled with no shirts. Oh, yeah. It's hysterical. I'm wearing, it's absolutely that, hysterical. I'm wearing that right now, matter of fact. <laughs> Who doesn't love that look? So, Todd, is that what you do? You just YouTube and watch Casey and the Sunshine videos? Like, how'd you get on that? Well, some like I like to go on YouTube sometimes and start just either I'll be like watching like old clips of Letterman <laughs> or something. And then sometimes I'll start going over into like old songs. And I found that one. And then, it, of course, it always like suggests a whole bunch of other songs for you. And so then I'm off in, in Casey and the Sunshine Band because I love Casey and the Sunshine oh, Band. From, there's so many good Good song. Me and my brother had a cassette tape. Bob, by the way, aren't you glad you did, you agreed to do this podcast? Uh, me, <laughs> me and my me and my brother had a cassette tape where I must have been like five years old and he was nine years old, and we were singing Casey and the Sunshine Band songs. And it got it, when my car got stolen in San Francisco. I think we lost that cassette. But I will say this about their music catalog: laugh all you will about their songs, but I'm your boogeyman is a jam. How about the shoes? <laughs> The Shoes song is great, too. Boogie Shoes. Yeah, Boogie Shoes is another one. Gil, Gil I, yeah. I saw Casey and the Sunshine Band in San Francisco. You know, they have the city, you know, New Year's Eve gala every year in, in downtown. <laughs> yes. Uh, they they played in the same tent. Now, they had lots of different acts all around, all around the area. They played in the same tent with Shaka Khan. Now, yes. that was a fun night. Well, wait, wait, this is like old Casey and the Sunshine Band? Like, how old were they at the time? This was 15, 20 years ago. All right, so not crazy old, but still old, yeah. Thank you for that, Todd. Uh, where were we? 
Where, did we answer all the questions? Oh, no, we didn't answer this. You need to answer Oh, it. I need to answer it. That's right. Uh, my choice would be Todd's choice, Carolina, Indianapolis. I have zero feel for either football team. Carolina is about as middle of the road as it gets. Their defense is abysmal. And Indianapolis didn't show up at all last week. So who knows with a game like that? So Carolina, Indianapolis, my choice as well. Gentlemen, thank you as always. Appreciate the time, Todd, as always. Jeff, thank you for filling in for Mikey. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Gil. It's always a pleasure to do this. Always a pleasure to have you. And Bob, man, uh, you are the best, man. I so appreciate you doing this, and thanks for playing along with our Casey and the Sunshine Band aside and actually throwing in that you saw them in a tent. <laughs> Todd, take us out with Keep It Coming, Love. Dun, 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 Keep it coming, love. Keep it coming, love. Don't stop it now. Stop it now. No, stop it now. Todd, just give me the intro, the musical intro that you were doing at the beginning so I could take us out. What did you say? When you went, dun, 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 just give me that. Oh, music. yeah. yeah. Dun, 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 Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck with all your bets this week, week 16 <laughs> in the National Football League. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.